interwebs on the interwebs of skype oh yeah yeah how are you i'm good oh my god can you hear that clicking sound i sure can (laughs) okay great that's mushu being the absolute loudest he is i swear he is the loudest cat and everyone's like oh my god mushu so like quiet and refined and under the bed no he's so loud he's on a completely different floor and that is him using the litter box (laughs) oh my god that's him in the litter box it sounded like he was right next to you like playing with the toy or something no no, that is him on another floor scraping litter oh my god why is like a little bandit (laughs) <laughs> litter scraping sounds are the loudest i think i like cats are loud but like litter scraping sounds are so they're just like diabolically loud like i don't know why <laughs> no, is the worst that was honestly that was mom's one complaint about mushu that she has ever made is that when we were driving cross country and we had to stay in hotels and mm-hmm. <laughs> he was We'd be staying in hotel rooms, all all three of us. <laughs> and yeah, she she would like, I mean, he wakes me up in the middle of the night sometimes, but mom's a light sleeper. So she would wake up like every time he used the litter box and she mm. would just be like, oh, that, that cat was <laughs> so loud. She'd like throw pillows at him across the room. Oh my God. Speaking of litter box schedules this is maybe tmi but i think shadow has started pooping on my schedule (laughs) (laughs) so just like every time you go to the bathroom he's like well it's time (laughs) yeah because like he either follows me directly into the bathroom like uh, like most cats do like every time they go to the Mm -hmm. bathroom but sometimes i'll also notice because like so i live alone and like i (laughs) will admit to leaving the bathroom door open often because like why would i close it yeah of course Um, and the cats need to follow, like, Shadow needs to follow me into the bathroom and have easy access out when he gets scared of random shit in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Not actual shit, but. Another, it's like an extra step that you don't think of when you live alone. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would I close a door? I live alone. A hundred percent. So, yeah, I don't usually close the door, but I should maybe start because the litter box, so I have my, so I have two litter boxes and one of them is in, like, a little, like, closet alcove in my little bathroom area it's like outside but like i could close the door and like not see it but with the Mm -hmm. door open i see it and there have been sometimes that shadow like i'll just go into like pee or something okay i shouldn't i shouldn't have specified poop i just wanted to say poop earlier i suppose but there (laughs) there have been so many times that like shadow will follow me into the bathroom or if he doesn't follow me into the bathroom and like you know do their little cat thing of like prancing around the bathroom while you're peeing he will go into, he'll, like, look at me, like, peeing or whatever, and then he'll, like, go to the litter box and pee himself, and he'll just, like, stare at me the whole time, as if he's, like, look, aren't you proud? And I'm, like, you, do you need me to, do you need a reminder? Like, do you need, 
to remember that I'm going to the bathroom, so you want to go at the same time? Like, what's happening for you? (laughs) Maybe. I feel like Chuni sometimes needs a reminder, not just with peeing, but, I mean, his reminder is every time I change the litter box, like, as soon as the litter hits the box, he's like, oh, "Oh, I gotta gotta poop. (laughs) Yeah. Every single time. (laughs) Shadow does that, too. That must be some kind of, like, reclaiming of their space or like they're holding it Mm. until it's cleaner or something i hate that too because it's like i just cleaned this no for sure yeah chuni definitely holds it until it's clean he like knows and also i mean i will admit to being really bad i scoop litter and so Mm -hmm. i sometimes don't realize how gross it probably smells to them when i because i'm like it's scooped it's clean and they're probably like "Mm -mm." yeah (laughs) so i'm definitely guilty of letting it go a little bit longer than it should and chuni will he will tell me he will like (laughs) run around the house and like face corners and scream into the corner which i (laughs) i know is his threat of being like, if you don't change my litter box right now, I'm going to poop in this corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's the universe, you know, like the universal sign for like choking and all of that. This universal mm-hmm. cat sign for changing yeah. my litter box right now. Chuni's, yeah, Chuni's universal sign for my litter box is too dirty for me to go into. <laughs> you know, Murphy does a form of that too. She'll like do like these weird little chirps. It's never like super annoying. It's just like for her, it's like, more like she doesn't usually move or do anything like ever and so it's like the most activity she does so i always get really worried about her but i'm like oh you just are annoyed that the litter box is not as clean as you want it to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah well speaking of speaking of poop (laughs) speaking of poop no i was gonna say speaking of particular and prissy cats we are back at the cat who series the prissiest of cats. Mm-hmm. The fanciest aristocrats. Oh my god. The fanciest of cats. And the most pampered of cats. <laughs> That's for sure. Quillerin does his fair share of pampering already. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was gonna say too, by the most like what's the right word for Quillerin? Prissy too? Like he he's a little bit like um He's just so cantankerous and little, particular. Yeah. He's definitely particular. Also, uh, not to uh, start us off on like the very first page with not important details, but mm. I feel like has Quillerin ever been described as handsome before? Because he was definitely described mm. in this book as handsome, and I feel like my image of him went from like a like the dad and like the stepdad or the uncle in harry potter to like tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> well, i was like wait a second <laughs> he's always been described as very like dashing and like it like suitable like not suitable that's the wrong word like um uh an eligible bachelor eligible. but that doesn't mean handsome yes. to well, me but like desirable too like he's always been described as very like i kind of pictured him as like I mean, I think we've talked about this a million times before. Like, I've pictured him as very much not my type, but also someone that, like, I can recognize that people are, like, like people just are drawn to. You know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. seems like he is always. But I actually did make a point to um, bring up appearance talk in this with you, too. Because, like, right off the bat, oh, gosh, we did it again. By the way, we are reading The Cat Who Said Cheese. <laughs> the Cat Who Said Cheese. Woo! By Lillian Jackson Braun. Yeah, we already have 
some stinky cheese uh, going on. The stinky cheese. I know. This book, yeah, I feel like Julie and I uh, mentioned it before when we were talking about what book to do next and uh, realized we hadn't done a Cat Who book in a very long time. So we are back to our mm-hmm. roots. But we had that fun story of, like, basically both of us had gotten this book at our local, like, favorite thrift story type bookstores. Um, and so both of us, like, ran to our bookshelves and were like, we have this one! We We've have been waiting one. to read! Because it's <laughs> like, cheese! Literally had this one since I moved to Baltimore. I think it was, yeah. like, the first one I picked up in the free bookstore. Same. I think that's, like, one of the first ones I got at the Iliad. My, uh, my favorite cat-strewn, uh, cat-filled like old like used bookstore um out here yeah i feel like we've always wanted to do this one because obviously we love we love a cheese over here too do love good cheese (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i think that's when we realized like oh we should probably go in order and so and also we kind of were to throw another layer into this i think our the last cat who book we did was the cat who blew the whistle and i think we got so bummed out by that one because it was so boring and kind of like yeah it was the worst lackluster and we just weren't into it that i think we we took quite a detour from the cat who and so this is like such a good reviving you know moment for us with the cat Mm -hmm, who series mm -hmm. although i will say already kind of problematic this book (laughs) yeah already super problematic i did notice that and i feel like this always happens with lillian jackson braun is she starts off Mm -hmm. so rough with her descriptions and then like you kind of forget a little bit along the way because you know she like tones it down with her problematicness yeah but yeah the first i feel like the first couple pages i'm always like oh wow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot of like appearance talk from the beginning, mm-hmm. like the page one, it's like, this person is attractive, this person is not, this person is beautiful, this person is not, like, mm-hmm. and then right into describing, the, probably the most problematic part so far is describing um, a woman who, we still don't fully know her origins from her, like, we don't know exactly mm-hmm. where she lives, where, like, where her ancestry is. Um, but she is described in a lot of problematic ways. And Quiller Quiller and makes some assumptions. Yeah, Quiller and makes some leaps. Everyone in the town kind of makes some leaps too, while also being very nice to her, um, Quiller and at least. And um I will say too, this really threw me back to like a different time in terms of because I remember at different maybe it was high school potentially. Like, there were different discussions that I remember in, like, you know, English classes, literature classes about the merits of writing in an accent. Mm. Whereas right now, I can tell you there is no debate. Lillian Jackson Brown should not be writing in an accent. Like, that's not great. Um, But I also feel like worth having the discussion because, you know, as it not to, you know, just paper over, paper it over as like, it, oh, it was a different time, so like to dismiss it, but to be like, you know, I, I would actually love to look into Lillian Jackson Braun a little bit more because it does seem like in a lot of ways she is, she was sort of like thoughtful and progressive for her time. So it is kind of interesting to see like, you know, the ways that people have grown and changed over over the years and the things that we now know are very much not okay. And I mean, mm-hmm. she maybe should have known that at the time too. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that character because, uh, she does play a big role in the mystery so far. So far, we don't know if she's coming back, not to spoil the, That's <laughs> the true. ending of this, but yeah, yeah, we don't know if she's going to play a role in the rest of the book. She certainly plays a big role 
in the beginning. And also, just to uh, throw a time frame on here, this book was published in 1996. Oh, God. You know, I feel like this always happens, too, that we're always like, oh, like... Back in the day. Back in the day, but, like, that's really not... That's that's our lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, that, like, in the the grand scheme of things wasn't, like, too long ago at this point, so... And, I mean, granted, it's, like, 25 years ago at this point, which Mm -hmm. also seems absurd and should not be the number of years that 1996 (laughs) was ago, but... Yeah. Yeah, that is truly... It is true, because, like, you know, I feel like I grew up always thinking of, like, you know, the 70s were 30 years ago. And, like, that is very much not the case anymore. <laughs> like, the 70s no. were, like, 50 years ago now. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wild to, like, it just, like, mess, like, I don't know. It just, like, reframes. And, I mean, also kind of goes to the discussion we're having of, like, you know, how long it takes, like, how the different time frames it takes for different discussions to come into the mainstream or not. Or just, like, to reframe, like... You know, like, I hadn't reframed the idea that, like, as, like, innocuous as it was, that, like, oh, the 70s was only 30 years ago, whereas, like, now it's, like, no, that was, like, half a decade ago. (laughs) Half a decade, you mean half a century? (laughs) I mean, sorry, half a century, half a century, yeah. Yeah, no, the, to me, the 90s is always going to be 10 years ago, like, no matter what year you say in the 90s, it was 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I will not be told otherwise. Yeah, yeah. No, that will remain. Um, it will remain in our hearts, as I currently wear my Avril Monster sweatshirt that oh, I nice. bought myself for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, 90s still going strong in our hearts. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, takeaways. So we will read this book so you guys don't have to. Um, we love cheese. Yes. We do not love stereotyping the way that is yes. like maybe happening here. Yeah, I mean, definitely happening so far. Hopefully this character gets more, like, filled out and important. And, you know, because I did kind of see her as a, um, oh, what was that other woman's name who came from Breakfast Island? She lived with her family on that island and, like, Elizabeth? escaped. Yeah, I think you're right. Because mm-hmm. I could see this character, if, <laughs> spoiler, right, if this character does come back, I could see this character kind of becoming a part of the pickaxe community in the way that Elizabeth did. I mean, if she's mm-hmm. not, like, the killer <laughs> or about to die. Like, it's it's unclear. We're not 100% sure. Yeah, we're, yeah, no, she is. She does have a very, uh, so far, mysterious story because, I mean, A, I think no one has talked to her. <laughs> like, I think that's the big problem here is everyone's, like, gossiping about this, like, new stranger. But, like, Quillerin's the only one who actually, like, he didn't really seek her out. He kind of ran into her, but I think he was the only one who actually stopped to be like, hey, mm-hmm. who are you? Right. <laughs> like, hi, wh- everyone is gossiping about you, but like, hi, what's your name? How you doing? What What are yeah. you, you know, in Pickaxe? What brings you to Pickaxe? Yeah. What, what you reading? <laughs> yeah. Literally, that was actually his only question. I take that back. <laughs> yeah. um, which is very Quillerin, but... Yeah. So starting from the beginning, like, yeah, I guess that's a, like a good caveat to give at the beginning. Um, and then starting from the beginning. So this is the cat who said cheese. This book is delightfully about food from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're excited oh, about the, that. The other thing that like, I don't know, maybe this is my fault as I use my abode commode bookmark. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I was just using my... Um, my- 
my uh what is it uh find and trash bins don't shop bookmark oh nice yeah a little nod to my uh embarrassing vocabulary (laughs) but uh and also in the first page we hear about a um big event that pickaxe or moose county is doing called the great food explo uh-huh. is there always an l in that word no i don't think so okay <laughs> not great. to I was say like, that wait. so haughtily but <laughs> <laughs> isn't that usually just expo yeah you know i would love to get like a little time frame reference on that too although i don't remember anything being called explo in 1996 so I just don't know, but I also don't think so. Like, I, I like, really, I, I can't decide if I love or hate it, to be honest, because I've read it so specifically in my head every single time. Like, this yeah. is the food explo. And I'm like, do I hate is this or L- am I having fun? <laughs> is the L silent, like in salmon? Because <laughs> that happens sometimes. <laughs> that happens when you're talking about, because, uh, like, th- that word is... Like, what is that word? That word is technically, isn't it technically exposition, right? Like, or expo, Exploratorium? Like... That's not right. I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know what it's short for. I've never oh really thought about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess I haven't thought about it either. Do we have expos now? Like, I feel like the main... Expose? Main... Did you already say that? No, I didn't, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> A food expose? I mean, that, like, (laughs) doesn't that require investigative journalism? Maybe it doesn't. (laughs) I mean, it might, but isn't Colour an investigative journalist? (laughs) I mean, true. Actually, that's true. We're in the right world, I guess, for that. Um, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, because I remember, okay, the last expo I knew was the book expo that I went to, which in, like, back in, oh gosh, probably 2009? 2009? Mm Mm-hmm. And that was in New York, and it was, like, a big deal thing. But it was, like, the Great Book, you know, the Great Book Expo. I think it was just called Book Expo, like, and then the year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what is Expo? Hang on. Maybe I should do a quick search so that people aren't, like, <laughs> shouting at their screens. Like, it means this, you dummies. <laughs> expo short for. Expo, yeah. And I don't know why it makes me think of, like, the the World Fair. That's not an Expo. Bow, is it? Oh, okay. It's exposition, which I guess, or a large. Okay, so exposition, I guess, can also mean because I feel like I know that is that the same. Wait, exposition doesn't have an L in it either. Right. That's what I. That's what I was kind of getting at. Of like, oh God, like I don't think that if that's the right word, are they just and doing a? Then cute... what's an explo? <laughs> like, okay, so what if? This might be far-fetched. What if this is a small town, like, cute version of Expo, and they're doing Explo, as in, like, an explosion of food tastes and, like, well, tastes of cheese? more than just an explosion of food in this <gasps> section. Oh God. Okay. Wow. Please oh, and thank spoilers. you for that. <laughs> for that segue. That was perfect and also a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's so funny Um, well we have we have questions from the beginning i guess is is the what we're (laughs) we're trying to say (laughs) yes correct um right including all the way down to the grammar and all the way up to lillian jackson braun's choice of using of writing her like accents 
But all the way down to Expo. Adding an L to Expo. Yeah, adding an L to Expo. Hmm. I wonder if we'll ever solve that mystery, that mundane mystery. Great food exploration? Exploratory. Exploratorium. Exploration, Explor- you're right. Explore- Explore- yeah. Okay, well let's just- Maybe it's let's- just- It's short- they- She picked a different word to shorten. We'll just Maybe- go with that. Yeah, I guess we could go with that, and then we'll we can leave it we can leave it for now, and if anything else comes up along the way, we can readdress. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so we start with it's another God bless it. It's another cat who sort of mundane world cozy mystery. Like it really <laughs> establishes the cozy. Well, <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of like, you know, Quillerin. I feel like my, my like, cat who brain is not really turned on well. Like, I feel like mm. I always forget the, you know, I try to pay attention to, like, okay, he does this. And then he's, like, writing. He's and sitting he and the thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he walks into town. And then he, so, like, there's a lot of that again. That, yeah. Um, well, I think we start off, he's, he's in his, like, little study area trying to finish an article or, like, a book or something that he's writing. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest or the first thing that like actually happens, like happens, happens, is he goes in for a meeting at the the Moose County something. Mm-hmm. So I think. Oh, but we did get a couple of uh, interesting pieces in like a couple of phone calls that he like he keeps getting distracted as he's writing. Oh like, yeah, by the cats and like phone calls and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did get a couple of pieces of, I guess, throwback information. I honestly cannot remember for the life of me, like, what happened in the last book, probably because I hated it, <laughs> but, um, the last Cat Who book we read, but it sounds like maybe Polly had a heart attack? Yes! Okay, I was gonna mention that too, because we were trying to remember what happened in the last Cat Who book the last time we talked, and yeah, neither of us really could. But then, yeah, it. Do- I forgot that these books do do a good job of like, th- they're good standalone books, but they're also good at being like, hey, hint, hint, this happened last time. And like, they really do like introduce the whole cast of characters. Like, I think that's part of the, you know, Quiller and doing all of his chores and going into the newspaper and all of that. It's like it really sets mm-hmm. the the small town stage again. Yeah, it like circles back around to like every little character that we've met throughout the years right yeah and you're right yeah polly has had a heart attack i and i like vaguely remember that now that she had a heart attack and it was really scary and now we know she's okay i didn't realize that we did <laughs> that that was a cliffhanger that we were left was on. it a cliffhanger in the last book man we probably shouldn't have left it like that sorry I guys know, right oh my gosh if we did that's uh whoops yeah yikes didn't realize it would take a whole year to get back around to another oh cat who book we're so sorry. <laughs> but here we are now. Polly's she's okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. Um, she is where Quillerin has been kind of doting on her, which is really sweet for him. I mean, it's sweet for anyone. I just, Quillerin mm. and Polly's relationship, I've always been like, Quillerin, you you need to do more for her. Get, and so he actually little, is. Yeah. 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 It also sounds like she's living with a family member. So I can't mm-hmm. remember how her sister-in-law came about did we know did we always know she had a sister-in-law yeah i think that comes up in one of the other books but um the character isn't very like that that hasn't she hasn't been a main like a character in any of the mysteries so far i think she's just been mentioned um, in kind of an ancillary way but 
Yeah, Polly's apparently living in like their, they have like a, a house that's been in the Duncan family for ages. And so it's mostly, I think, the sister-in-law's house now. Because I think that's the part that I remember that like the sister-in-law was taking care of that house now. Hmm. But now Polly is is living with her just to, you know, have someone there to help her. And because God forbid she stay with Quillerin. Well, Quillerin would never have that. He's too... He's his- too- Proper. too independent his cats would you know not not take to having a second person in the house that's true or a third cat because or a Polly, third cat because bootsy yeah. uh-huh. also seems like a handful yeah also true. a very spoiled cat i wouldn't say as prissy as quillerin's cats but definitely a pampered cat oh for sure yeah yeah they both definitely uh fret over their cats quite a bit Mm -hmm. so yeah so quiller is writing this article for the quill pen when we first come in um he gets interrupted a ton his article is questionable at best like (laughs) he's writing about like nobody's quote-unquote and he's like i think it's basically like he's celebrating the every the every man the every woman you know someone who's not a Mm. celebrity it's basically just quiller and being like i hate celebrities and like he kind of is one though so it's like I don't know. But not by choice. No, true. Just seemed very, uh, very like, oh, Quiller, and this is like near and dear to your heart, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes to, so yeah, he talks to a few people. He uh, has to go in for a newspaper meeting eventually. He declines to go in for a meeting for the Klingenschkohn Fund, his uh, billionaire charity situation that he established when he inherited the Klingenschkohn billions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I forget what comes first. He goes to the newspaper first, right? Yeah, he actually stops by a, a little like cafe for some apple pie first, which I wouldn't have mentioned, except that I think he did have a, like a very brief conversation with Lois. Mm. And I don't think anything really came out of it, but it, I just left with the impression that she might come back or at least like a connection of hers might come back. Yeah, true. And then he goes to the newspaper. They have a meeting where they mostly just gossip about mm-hmm. this new woman in town. And we do get, we do start to get hints from a, a sort of, I you know, I guess it's hard to say exactly how sensitive or not the description of her is, but we do start to see that she's maybe Middle Eastern. We don't hear any of that from her because we have not even seen her yet in the, uh, in the actual book. Um, but you know who we do see in this scene? Who? <gasps> William Allen. William Allen. I knew you were going to be so sure, excited. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure we like screamed about forever and ever in one of the first books that we read when the mm-hmm. pickaxe picayune burned down, and we were like, "What happened to the cat?" That's right, and they never confirmed, but we were like, "He has to be okay." Now we have confirmation. Yeah. Apparently, we have confirmation. He is okay. Uh. He lives at the newspaper still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> So if uh, anyone was uh, holding that cliffhanger close to their hearts for the past <laughs> probably, like, year and a half, <laughs> here's your closure. Oh, thank God. Yeah, so this is the newspaper cat. His name is William Allen. And he's a big fluffy, like, one of those big white fluffy cats, right? Like a snow puff type? Mm-hmm. A snow puff. Snow puff. R.I.P. In kitty heaven. Yeah. So, yeah, the newspaper meeting is mostly just gossiping about this new woman in town. And then Dwight Summers, the like PR man that we met at uh, in um I think we've known him for a while, but he was uh, featured prominently in the um 
the Breakfast Island book. Um, he comes in and he is the one that kind of introduces the great food explo <laughs> and its impact, coming impact on the pickaxe mm-hmm. community. Yeah. And also, <clears throat> so to give some of the lesser problematic descriptions of this mystery woman, apparently she has come in and created quite a stir because she's staying in that big hotel, like the big old hotel and it's one of those things where it's like no one stays in that hotel Mm -hmm. like the food's bland it's just kind of like eh, Mm -hmm. you know and like no one ever stays for more than a night but Mm -hmm. she's been staying there for a couple of weeks and so people are like why is she here why is she here for so long like why isn't she you know like renting Mm -hmm. a place so i think that like that's causing some of the mystery and then apparently she always dresses in black as well so everyone's like is she in mourning like why is you know, like, who is this mysterious person who is, you know, I mean, it's a small town, I'm sure everyone knew stands out. But again, for problematic reasons, I'm guessing she stands out more than the average guest. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of the, the all black wardrobe, I did, I did think it was really interesting that Quiller and like, pegs that immediately to this is later when he's actually talking to her but he does say like she could have spent time in paris her her black clothing had such a parisian like and like to be fair sure maybe her clothes did look parisian but it's also like do you just think that like people in paris and like new york city dress in bl- like all black is that like your reference yeah. point yeah for that? also do you think people in mourning like only wear moos? like <laughs> people in right. mourning can also yeah. wear like fashionable black <laughs> right yeah interesting interesting assumptions being made by this small town community uh that like for as much t- like for as many times as like they're shaken up like they should be a little more like it's yeah a little more open-minded i guess than they are it's or maybe it's, a little uh, bit more like not even just open-minded just generally more knowledgeable about the world outside of moose county yeah 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 i think that's a good way to put it because it really does have a feel of like i think that's why we keep forgetting that this was written in the literal 90s like late 90s mm-hmm. too and like we don't i don't know that we really get confirmation of like the time frame that these books are like actually take place in but they do feel so much older than 1996 like they feel like i don't know just in a different era almost mm-hmm. but i guess that's maybe just the combo of the old town or the small mm-hmm. town, like the small town vibe, you yeah. know, so. I think it does. It definitely has like a small town, like bubble feel where it's like, mm-hmm. they're su- they're surprised every, every time someone comes into town, they're like, oh, the outside world, <laughs> it's creeping right. in. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, but the, at the same point, like they have the Klingenschkone fund, which they make a point to talk about in this, the, so we read the first fourth of the mm-hmm. book um, per usual and in this first fourth, like, they talk about all of the plans that, you know, all the things the Klingenschkun Fund has already done for Pickaxe and all the things that it's, like, planning to do. And it involves a lot of, like, bringing in tourism, mm-hmm. like, setting up some, like, really, I mean, like, still locally sourced, but, like... Yeah, like, ecotourism. Yeah, yeah, like, independent businesses and, like... It kind of goes into the food theme as well. Like some of those things are like turkey farms and beekeepers. Oh, yeah. Beekeepers. Yeah. Things like that. So, 
you know, for as much as like, yeah, they, they of all small towns should be a little bit more up to date, but they are not very much so. They are not. So, okay. So after the meeting, he uh, does a little walkabout uh, in town and he buys some very fancy cat foods, AKA actual seafood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, per usual, that mm-hmm. is his his go to for cat food is like human grade mm-hmm. food from the grocery store. Yeah. Although I will say a lot of times it's like frozen stuff. This time he actually got canned stuff, which That's he's, true. he's slacking a little bit. He is. That is true. Yeah. Um, even in the same breath as he mentioned how good he is at defrosting stuff because he does not cook himself. <laughs> no he does not yeah i liked how uh his description of his cooking was like i know how to do two things and it was like one defrost two feed the cats and go to polly's (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah it was very like annoyingly male of you know kind Mm -hmm. of stereotypical of like I don't cook and I'm proud of it. But we do get yeah. a little bit later, he is talking to another character, kind of a newer character, I think. I think it's the new guy that we meet, Aubrey, the, um, mm-hmm. the like, groundskeeper guy, mm-hmm. talking about his cooking. And Quillerin does say, although he could have just been, pun intended, buttering him up. Because <laughs> 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 he's such a, you know, a, a slick interviewer, or he's so he thinks himself... Yeah, he could have just been saying it, but he did say, like, oh, I envy any man who knows how to cook. And it's like, okay, come on, just... Yeah, well, he might get the chance in this book, because I think part of the great food expo is cooking classes. Oh, So I I have a sense that we're going to maybe see Quillerin get some cooking lessons, which is outside of his normal realm of activities. Okay, yeah, no, you're totally right. And, like, that's a really good point. He does say that that he thinks he's worried he's going to get roped into it. So he's like preparing himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he immediately does some food themed book shopping at the local bookstore. Yeah. Um, it's a nice stinky cheese book. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He gets, so he gets Polly and old recipes, like an old cookbook, which I have to admit, I love an old cookbook from like an old mm-hmm. used store or an old, yeah, an old used bookstore. But yeah, he gets the stinkiest book full like it's about is it about Limburger cheese or is it just about cheese in general general uh I can't remember I think it's maybe just about cheese in general but he oh it's the uh, I have the title right here great cheeses of the western world a compendium oh so great cheeses of the western world love it assuming that that covers a number of different cheeses it probably and I'm does. also assuming it covers a lot of stinky cheeses because whoever owned this book before seemed to uh, infuse this book with all of their stinky cheese smells. Yeah, like eat like blue cheese directly off the cover of this book. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like rub it into the cover of the yeah. book, like close it into the middle and then stick it in a uh, drawer to ferment. Uh huh. Truly, because it's like dramatic. I mean, we should also, as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, but Quillerin is super dramatic. Quillerin is pretty dramatic, but, I mean, a raccoon found it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, later that night, Quillerin brings it home, and he, like, puts it in the tool shed because it smells so bad. Like, the cats get really, like, offended by it. So he puts it outside in the tool shed, and then he passes it by, he passes by it later, and is like, this is too smelly even for outside. So he fucking <laughs> buries it in the ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> the raccoon finds it. <laughs> and then a raccoon <laughs> digs it up. Like, that's that's dramatic. Then maybe that's Lillian Jackson Braun being this dramatic. Like, <laughs> I know. this. It's like, also, it's like so dramatic, it's absurd, but it's also like, this is really specific. Did this happen to you? Uh, it's true. <laughs> it, and we've talked about that before, I feel like. Like, Lillian Jackson Braun, she really does get the, either like small town or just like, the like, the things that you can't like, you know, they the whole like cliched phrase like truth or um, you write truth is stranger than fiction or whatever the phrase is, mm-hmm. of like yeah, I feel like we've asked this before of like, did this happen to you, L J B? You okay over there with your raccoon bug? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I do like the idea that a raccoon was just like, just like oh my god, I want to learn about the cheeses of the world. <laughs> <laughs> This smells like trash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, like the shirt you gave me. The little, like, trash squad. (laughs) Trash squad. Oh, love it so much. (coughs) So, okay. So yeah, we got to the trash book. The buried trash book. Um, (laughs) What else is next? Oh, he goes to see Polly. Did we already talk about that? Uh, We haven't talked about that, but he actually runs into Celia first. Oh, that's right. That was it. I don't I don't know if that had any uh I mean she commented on the stinky cheese book because he went <laughs> straight from the bookstore and like ran into to Celia on the way to Polly's and she was like that smells gross. True. <laughs> what are you doing with that? Yeah, good um, point. But she also gives him some some cheese. She offers him some macaroni and cheese. That's right. Which I, I think is part of his defrosting skills are all of the meals that he gets from Celia now that Oh, what's her name? Oh, the housekeeper that died all the way back. One of the other books. R.I.P. Housekeeper, whose name I am forgetting right now. I think it's Hannah. Was it Hannah? It wasn't Hannah. Was it No? No, that's Nancy Drew. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Hannah Groen. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, it was that, because I definitely was trying to, uh, as I was saying it, I was coming up with a G last name in my head, so it's definitely that. Yeah, okay, no, that's Nancy Drew. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Glad that's still so prevalent in my mind. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, So, oh gosh, sorry, I got sidetracked, because I was just about to rant about how the new Nancy, any new Nancy Drews will never be really good because they're not going to do it in the time period in which uh, it was done. Do you watch the new Nancy Drew too? I'm so sucked into it, but it's not Nancy. Like if you, it's okay if you forget that it's supposed to be Nancy Drew. There's like no, yeah. no similarities other than the character names. Well, that's what, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it. I assume because it's CW, it would be very suck in um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's kind of always been my like thought about it too is that like there's no way to really fully transplant nancy drew into the current time because she was like there's no way to like i don't know i'm sure there are ways i shouldn't i shouldn't limit the creativity on the nancy drew storytelling but she's just so specific to her time like she was such a badass Mm -hmm. because she was doing this like you know she wasn't really like even allowed to go to college it sounds like and so she was like operating within this like the confines of what you know, she was allowed, quote unquote, to do as a woman. Yeah. And so, I well, I just wish, I just wish some like badass female writer would really explore that. Yeah. And not to give <clears throat> spoilers to the CW show, but my <sighs> main issue with it, I'm fine with like 
basically every single change that they make, like, it's, it is what it is. It's a different show. Like, it's not going to be mm-hmm. Nancy Drew. But my, my main issue with it is that they pair up Ned and George. Oh. Which I'm not a fan of. I mean, they're a cute couple in the show, but if you're trying to take away Nancy's special friend, then not not a fan of that. Does she have is she with anyone or does she have a love interest at all? Um, like kind of on and off. They keep dying, but she does Oh great. <laughs> she does have she has them. Like she started off with Ned and then they had like a thing and anyway, we don't need to talk about this show. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. I, I mean But I just like it seemed hmm. like such a you know, all of the other changes that they made, I was like, Yeah, all right, you know, like whatever. You're trying to like make it interesting and I see where you're going with that, but I don't know, pairing up Ned and one of Nancy's best friends. I just, I I get that friend groups do that sometimes, but I'm not a fan of them. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, if you're going to change up the love interest, like do it with a purpose, like, you know, give her a a female or non-binary love interest, like something that's more like important of a storyline than, yeah people dying off which uh questionable questionable (laughs) i mean i do like that she was single for a a good chunk of this season i feel like that was a good move because she's like a strong independent lady and she also has a lot of like other kind of like emotional and family issues going on in the background so i was like yeah i feel Mm. like being single is a good choice for her that's good but also like in the books ned was always like Kind of that like background support, you know. But I feel I like in you just want to date Ned. <laughs> I well, yeah, I mean maybe. <laughs> but he also kind of felt like you know, like they were never officially like dating in the books. But he was just kind right. of that like, you know, when she like needed a date to an event to like you know go undercover. He was that like special friend who was like, yeah, I can live my own life, you know. Yeah, but you know what. I was told from a very young age in a screenwriter, well, okay, not young age, but like when I was in college, they do not like, I don't know if it's like throughout the industry or if it was just this one professor I had, but I um, had the screenwriting class when I was in college and everyone loved what I was writing. And we did the, you know, everyone reads a character. Everyone was like so into reading for my, like different, the different characters my one that I remember it so specifically, the one critique that my professor had was that he was like, but she, the main character, she shouldn't have anyone to rely on. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, on. yeah, those characters. It's not, it's yeah. not relatable to not have people to rely on. Uh, yeah. No, true. I was like, what are you talking about? And he was just like, oh, these characters are a crutch. Like, yeah, everyone loves these characters, but like, they're a crutch. I think it was like a sister. Like, I think it was like, a sister and like potentially a love interest and like someone else. And he was like, you should really like put her, make her go through these things by herself. And I was like, but like, what? (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) Why are you saying this to me? So I don't know if that was just a one-time thing, but that's what made me think of, you know, maybe those writers had that same professor. (laughs) Like we can't give her anyone to be alone in this story. (laughs) She has to go through shit on her own. She has to go through a hard breakup and then her boyfriend has to start dating her best friend. Oh, God. Okay, we really have talked about this for a very long yeah, time. <laughs> we should probably cut, cut this down because no one needs to be hearing about the CW show that is 
the Nancy Drew spinoff. <laughs> I will certainly try. Although it is kind of relevant, you know, mystery. I mean, other we do love media. we do love a good Nancy Drew. We do love it. All that Nancy to say, Drew. if you want a good Nancy Drew, just read the books. <laughs> <laughs> if you want actual Nancy Drew. You want actual Nancy Drew. Yeah. They, I mean, from the book that we read, they still kind of hold up. Oh, yeah, I think so. Or, yeah, at least that one, um, definitely. Yeah. I feel like there were certain things we kind of called out. But, yeah, for the most part, I think it it really felt like it did hold up. Which then, again, throws a light onto these, like, or, like, the cat who. It's like, Nancy Drew wasn't writing in, like, questionable accents and, you know, all of that. Or maybe she, maybe they were, and I just don't remember. I just don't remember all of them either. We should read a new Nancy Drew book because. We should. They're still going, I think. Oh, like a new, like new one. Oh. Yeah, because isn't okay. Caroline Keene like not a real person? Yeah, Caroline Keene, I think is just a pen name that a lot of people have had over the years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nancy Drew books are like maybe still coming out or have come out within the past like twenty years. I love that we came all the way around that we're like we hate new Nancy Drew and now we're like we should we read should a new read Nancy a new Drew Nancy book. Drew book. <laughs> Listen, we're open. We're open to all the ideas, and we have very strong opinions. <laughs> yeah. Hate CW's pairing of love interests, but also I want to see what other new Nancy Drew is like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, where even are we in the book? Oh, I don't know. Stinky cheese. <laughs> Stinky cheese. Oh, macaroni and cheese. Macaroni Celia's. and cheese. Celia's. And then he goes visiting Polly. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bushy comes over the photographer to try to take pictures of the cats. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, he also calls. Um, oh my God, what's his name? The like ho- hotel owner. Oh yeah, he sets up an interview, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a cranky old hotel owner who doesn't want to talk to him. <laughs> Absolutely, truly not. Yeah, I don't think we learned a whole lot from. Polly's visit it gets cut a little short because her sister-in-law comes home and Quillerin doesn't like people so he Mm -hmm. left yeah um we did I think learn oh he does uh in their conversation he does uh pick up on a new like potential interviewee someone who grows her own mushrooms oh yeah which Quillerin was really excited about yeah, the eternal volunteer. I guess she volunteers at like a ton of places around pickaxe and she also volunteers for Polly at the library and so she brought some like fancy shiitake soup to Polly. And Polly I think had to maybe only try a little bit because I think it had too much cream in it for her since she had just had a heart attack. Mm. Sounds delicious to me though. That sounds I know, I kinda great. want that like yeah. right now. Cream of mushroom soup? Yum. Oh, I love a cream of mushroom soup. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, Quillerin also said no to a pickle making business, which was oh, offensive, yeah. offensive to me. I am a big uh-huh. fan of pickles. I know how much you love pickles. I love pickles. And Quillerin <laughs> totally shot down a pickle factory and pickaxe. Yeah, I he seemed like he kind of liked that idea more than he let on. Because I think he like, he like said it all kind of jokingly. And then he like came up with, he was like... His whole reasoning was like, oh, because then we'll have to have, because like, apparently clearly they have like a Miss Potato pageant or like a, like an onion 
float or like all these different like food themed things in pickaxe and he was like then we're gonna have to have a, a like an annual pickle contest with like a and he comes up with like the silliest stuff for like pickle mm-hmm. accoutrement that would have to happen in pickaxe which only makes me think he wants those things <laughs> and he's just i mean i want those things testy. i 100% <laughs> want those things maybe i yeah that's true maybe i just wanted them yeah but. I would love a pickle contest. That'd be so much fun. Uh-huh. Just walk around eating like a bunch of different kinds of pickles. Uh, Sounds and, like, great. And like different flavored pickles and like fried pickles. <gasps> oh my god, and, fried like... pickles are so good. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Sounds great. And also like different pickled things, you know, like pickled yeah. okra oh, yeah. and watermelon rind. They could start yeah. like pickling mm-hmm. beets and eggs, which I know isn't like everyone's favorite, but I've had some good pickled deviled eggs or deviled pickled eggs i mean our dad loves both of those things yeah they're good they are good well in the way we might i feel like we might actually get those things because i do feel like lillian jackson braun does love to like kind of tease quiller in in those ways where like he acts so like hoity-toity about something and then she's like but bam (laughs) (laughs) yeah end of the book and now there's a pickle factory next to his apple barn (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I kind of, I could totally see that. That'd be fun. So, yeah, so he cuts off the date, his date with Polly. Polly's doing okay, though. Mm -hmm. And then he reads to the cats. He reads a food-themed book to the cats that Coco picks out. Mm -hmm. And then... Gets interrupted by the raccoon digging up his book. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then... What else is the next thing? The interview, his interview in the morning. Uh, yeah, I can't remember if his next thing is the interview or if it's the um photo shoot with the cats. That's true. It might be the photo shoot. I forget exactly where that where that lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that might be the next morning is over. Bushy, the um photographer that we met in Scotland, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Quilleran mentions that a couple times, which is an, right another character that kind of comes back. Yeah, so he tries to get some good pictures of the cats. I think we had maybe done this before in another book, like Quillerin brought the cats over. I'm like vaguely remembering that from another book and it was like a total disaster and everyone left angry. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, they're trying it again in Quillerin's house, so in the cat's like own territory and it still is um, frustratingly impossible to get them in a good pose, which I understand. I take pictures of my cats all the time and they're adorable no matter what. So <laughs> Quillard must just have some yeah, especially non-photogenic cats. Yeah, I think they're really playing on the thing of like his cats especially are just like they know what you want and they're going to like fuck with you the whole way. Mm-hmm. So like they clearly know that Bushy's there to take pictures of them. And so they're just like stretching out in these like beautiful poses and then the minute that he like actually tries to take a picture of them they're like licking their butts and like you know all the other stuff that like i think she's using it for she's using it for a little gag Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) yeah well then i think we go to the interview with this old hotel owner Mm, yeah 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 which is like not really that interesting but it's kind of sad because it's like he goes to see this like older gentleman who actually he calls him a gentleman and uh i think it's lois from the luncheonette is like that guy's not a gentleman (laughs) it's like okay lois i mean he's not he seems mean he does seem really mean and like 
yeah, we get like a little snapshot from, I think it's Lois, who was like, yeah, I really don't like him. Like he came in, he used to come in all the time, apparently, and he would like not tip really well at all. And like, he was just like super grumbly. And she finally like, I forget the exact encounter, but she basically like snipped at him, like snarked at him. And he was like, wow, I'll take my business elf- elsewhere. And like, never and she, came was, back. Like, and she was like, she's like, I don't need your nine cent tip. Get out of here. Um, we also witness him throwing a rock at a dog and hear that he also ugh. threw a rock at some kids, so... Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, don't really like this guy, although he does fall and, like, need to be taken away by medics. So there's also that mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. on it, too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Quiller, basically the interview is, like, Quiller and being like, so, you owe the you own the Pickaxe Hotel? Yes. Like, it's, like, one-word answer. Mm-hmm. It's, like... Or, like, no not even real answers. Like, how many rooms are there? Enough. Like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How many bathrooms? Doesn't matter. It actually matters uh, a lot. Yeah, we really need to know if there are bathrooms in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lovely gentleman. So after this poor guy's, well, poor slash mean guy. So not feeling too bad for him, I suppose. But this guy is taken away by the medics. Yeah. Um, also, we, very... we can't feel too bad for him because he falls on his way to hit a dog with a stick. So that's <laughs> oh, that's true. It's like oh maybe karma. <laughs> I forgot that's how he falls. And we also find out too. So the he falls on on his like front porch steps, and then within minutes we meet this really lovely guy who is like apparently a whiz at like repairing things and he's actually just been hired by nick bomba quilleran's old friend who apparently has done every different um <laughs> every job in the book entre- <laughs> yeah every job in the book every entrepreneurial activity and pickaxe and is currently helping one of the turkey farms and like beehive places hire people has hired this guy to be their like head groundskeeper person but this guy apparently, like, looked after this old guy and, like, kept be like, he was apparently so nice to him and, like, kept being, like, too. My- he was, like, oh, my gosh, I told him so many times he was going to fall down those stairs. And I tried to make him, like, let me fix them and he wouldn't. So there are yeah. different levels to, like, this guy hurting he, himself. He also, we also learned that this guy is, like, yeah, a whiz at, like, fixing everything. And he was, like, it would have cost $10 in supplies for him to, like, bring me the supplies to fix this. He didn't even have to hire anyone. He just needed to, like, give the guy $10 to go buy oh supplies. My God. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. I take back the poor guy statement. I take back. He is a miserable old bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, yeah, karma for chasing a dog and also his own fault for not spending $10 to fix the stairs that he tripped over. Yeah, and that apparently he spends so much time on. Like, he, when Quilleran pulls up, he's just, like, sitting on the front steps being like, hey, here I am. Yeah, so unfortunate that he got hurt, but also his own fault. Yeah. And so, actually, next we get a little... In between with, so I think Quiller kind of quickly diverts his, like, interest in interviewing this, uh, this guy from the, although, so the connection, I think, um, sorry, before we move on too far, one of the connections, I think, is that Quillerin is interviewing this guy. He's the actual owner of the New Pickaxe Hotel where the mystery woman is staying. Mm -hmm. So it's not, like, really because of that, but I think Quillerin had just gotten kind of a tip. On, I can't remember exactly why he wanted to interview him, but he kind of brought that in. And then he, like, pretty quickly is like, this guy's a terrible interview. And then, like, switches to this other guy that's, like, 
oh, maybe I could talk to you about beekeeping. And is like, you want to be interviewed for the paper? And this guy's like, boy, do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what I realized from this chapter is like, I feel like every time I read a Cat Who book, I'm like looking for the mystery. But the mystery isn't like the main activity of the book. The main activities of the right. book are just Quiller and trying to find people in town to interview. And to lie that he's going to write a book about them. Like, I've noticed, like... I mean, I he did write about. a book about them. I own it. <laughs> well, that's true. But he... Like, I feel like that's his tactic. Like, he did it again in this one. He did it to the old guy, to the new pickaxe hotel owner. That did he, he say like, the book, the book line again? <laughs> he did! The book line! It. No, yeah, he was like, I want to write a book about the new pickaxe hotel. And the guy was like, why? <laughs> and Quillen was like, well, it's a piece of history, blah, blah, blah. And I was like... Quillerin, you are not going to write a book about You're that. Not gonna write. You're not going to write. You're barely going to write an article. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I guess we do also get, too, that he's, like, a little bit hurting for material for the, um, for his, the, his column, The Quill Pen, which is maybe why he was writing about celebrity and nobodies. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know why he has a food expo coming. I know. Well, yeah, exactly. I think that's uh, part of, like, now he's kind of luckily got more material because now he has a mushroom soup lady to write about yeah. he's got a beekeeper man to write about mm-hmm. so lots coming up but and Lori, he talks to uh yes nick and Lori bomba so nick's on the the turkey farm and Lori has a new soup business that she's yes. like creating a new soup restaurant yes i with called the spoonery which i love Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds really great, and I definitely want to eat there. Also, now I want soup. <laughs> yeah, soup sounds great, so and I want that cream of mushroom soup. Oh, I want like a chicken tortilla soup, even though I don't really eat meat anymore. But I want like I want like a Ooh. creamy like chicken tortilla with like fries <gasps> like a, that I like can a dip white in. chicken chili. Oh, that's what I want. I want a white chicken chili, oh, and I want so some. French fries that I can dip directly <gasps> into it. Oh my god, that's one of my favorite orders from there's a little Me too. Um, a little oh my god, I forgot the word. What's that? Di- not diner. Diner? Yeah, uh, maybe diner. <laughs> I don't know what else it would be. I don't know what else it would be either. Restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, diner's the right word, I think. Mm-hmm, you know, okay. like the 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 quaint little like been there for fifty years serving the same food for like oh, forever yeah. and like you know, greasy nonsense that is going to clog your arteries in, like, 30 seconds. But make you so happy. But make you so happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's one down the street from me, and my favorite Aww. order is um, their, like, creamy seafood soup <gasps> with french fries to dip into it. Oh, oh and you're in Baltimore. You probably That's have so such good, good seafood, oh, too. seafood here is so good. <laughs> I say as if I don't live on the water, too, in a giant port city, LOL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I bet that's, oh, that sounds so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's delicious. Oh. Well, this book is apparently only going to make us hungry because, I don't know, yeah. I is the next thing, because <laughs> there's more food, like there's more food even wrapped up with this mysterious woman and his encounter with her. Oh, and her food sounds so good too. <laughs> her food sounds so freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. Her food, actually, so I know where uh, she was making, like, um, it's not Sarma. In Albania, it was called Sarma, the, like, grape re- leaf wraps. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I know she was making that, but it made me want, um, so in my, like, northern town of Albania, in the south, they called the grape 
leaf and like rice and meat wrap they called that sarma but in the north they made like it was like a cabbage stew that they called sarma so it was like cabbage wraps in like tomato sauce and like with like you know meatballs on the inside and it was so good it made me want that oh my god that sounds so good Oh, yeah. So basically, so Quillerin, um, his next move is that the cats are acting weird, Coco especially, which, as we know, either means death or <laughs> um, <laughs> abnormal activity. But Quillerin interprets it to mean he wants to go to the beach house or the like beach log cabin, which I don't think I realized that his log cabin is on the water, like was on the water. But... Yeah, I don't know if we've ever had Coco act weird and Quillerin was like, yeah, of course, take a walk on the beach. Yeah, that felt like, <laughs> like new information too. What? <laughs> it was like has, normally- Has that ever been a like, cue that Coco has given? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when he does that, right, it's either like a dead body or it's like Quillerin takes him for a walk, like just around the neighborhood, you know? And so like- yeah, I don't know that he's ever actually taken him to... Right, been like, oh, beach. this is Coco's sign to go to the beach. Like, yeah. that's where we gotta go. I'm not even sure I knew Pickaxe was on the water. Like, I knew we had Breakfast Island, but I thought that was kind of, like, far away. Yeah, I kind of got... Like, because there were... There was at least one... I forget what book it is, but there is talk of a couple other, like, kind of, like, lakefront towns that are close by and, like, fishing mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So... I think it's along those lines that, like, it's it's closer to, oh, shoot, what's that other county? It's, like, the next county over, not Lockmaster. Burr? Burr! I think it's, I think it's over either in Burr County or, like, near Burr, because I think that's where that other town is. I forget. Oh, it was that, the book where um, the old guy goes missing by, and his car's by the airport, and do you oh, remember man. this? With Begley, the potatoes? yeah. What book was that? It was something about potatoes. No, because that's big, Potato big Mountain. Potato Mountain? <laughs> no, that was different because he goes to an entirely different place. Now Shoot. I want baked potatoes. <laughs> I know. I really need to eat some food after this. <laughs> uh, that was like always the plan, but now it's like an emergency. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I forget which book that is. I, I could look it up and regale us next time, but... <laughs> definitely yeah it definitely i don't know that we've been given the specific information but i feel like it does kind of fit with like what we know of the surrounding area at least Hmm. but yeah he basically is like oh coco wants to go to the beach so (laughs) he like packs up his cats and takes them out to his log cabin which he like okay correct me if i'm wrong but he acts so surprised when he sees this car in the driveway which does turn out to be the mysterious woman's car but Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is also the cabin that someone, like, commandeered from him once, right? Like, didn't, wasn't there, like, oh, I think it was Junior. Didn't he find Junior Goodwinter there one time? And he was, like, yeah, potentially, like, trigger warning, like, suicidal, potentially? Do you remember this? Very vaguely, yeah. It was, like, a really early book. Oh, my God, now I'm just referencing all the other books that we don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that might have been, like... The first, was that like one of the first like Moose County books that we read? Because I think we were, when we were introduced to Junior, he was going through like a rough patch. Yeah. With, like the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was, wasn't like his family on like a list, to like a hit list at one point? Yeah, it was something like that. And also I think it was like, um, 
like it was when his grandmother died too i think and like there was a lot i think that he was trying to do but he's like really young and i don't think he really knew a lot about like you know executing an estate and all of that and obviously he was still so sad that his grandmother had died and like right and the newspaper was definitely folding yeah and like right there were like people potentially killing off good winters yeah, was it? It was like the Goodwinters versus this like other family, and we had like the back and forth of like you know history with real time. Wasn't mm-hmm. that? Oh, uh huh. Yeah, no, I think you are right because like that used to be a thing, and we don't really have that as much anymore, which is probably good because I think we complained about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like a Jedediah Goodwinter and like someone else other family uh-huh. and they were like hashing out a like rivalry that spanned generations and it like something about again this is something that doesn't pertain to this book no, and i don't know doesn't. why we're spending so much time i derailed us it was me i'm sorry it was me because it, it was because i was like he's acting like no one has ever like been at this house when he didn't know like st- stumbled upon his cabin and like taken advantage of a shorefront yeah that he has right right and like all of a sudden all of a sudden but wasn't this also the cabin that he like almost died at that one winter uh that was wait i think it maybe was and then he like mysteriously stumbled into polly's house and we had our like the closest thing we've had to a romantic scene in any of these books. Oh my god, that's right. And we think they like might have had sex, but we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Although we got news like six books down the line that this cat was still alive after a pickaxe like newspaper fire. So maybe like six books down the line. <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna get confirmation that Polly and Quillerin actually have a physical relationship. Uh, well one can dream. <laughs> um, a cliffhanger that has not been solved. <laughs> oh my god, truly, truly. The sexual exploits of Quillerin and Polly. <laughs> well, so yeah, the history runs deep in this cabin. And so Quillerin takes the cats to the cabin. He sees this um, this car and does kind of immediately know that it's this mystery woman because everyone knows that she's been driving around town in this airport rental car. And so it has like an airport rental sticker on it. And he's like, got her. He he also like very questionable. Also, is like I trapped her, and it's like you don't need to put it like that. Like yeah. I know that he's he's gonna be nice, and he only wants information. But like, oh my god, especially a woman, especially it seems a woman of color. You like you really don't like, need to word already, it like that. Yeah, like already trying to like avoid people, maybe. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So anyway, he does. Kind of, he does a good job of like, he's like, I don't want to scare her, which is like thoughtful. So he, she's like out on the water or out on the like beach area. And uh, he kind of comes up on her and is like, or shouts from like stomps up on her. (laughs) He does because he's like, I don't want, I don't want to like just be there and like scare her, surprise her. So he's like, hello down there. Yeah. Shout out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But this is where we do learn a little bit about her. We do, unfortunately, get the accent written in, which is not great. But mm-hmm. um, she does seem really lovely. Like, she, her name is, I hope I'm saying this correctly, Anoush? Uh, yep. Is that how you... I just had to look it up because I don't read names. <laughs> yeah, you are very bad with names. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds right. Okay. 
And so, yeah, it's like kind of a, a sweet conversation. Like she kind of tells Quiller, she's very nice. She's excited to see the cats and they kind of have a little, she's like, oh my gosh, I'll leave. Like, this is clearly not my place here. Like I'll go. And Quiller is like very nice. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you can stay, like we'll hang out and like starts asking her a few questions. And it turns out that she is a chef basically and is in pickaxe to try to open a new restaurant and she wants to open a mediterranean restaurant which is where the great sounding grape leaf mm-hmm. grape leaf wraps come in yeah yeah she also complains a lot about the food in pickaxe yeah. and Fuller-in's like yeah no i feel you <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. we also got it wasn't part of this conversation but in a part of another conversation we got a <laughs> throwback to that dinner that Quillerin had with Polly in um the hotel restaurant where the the butter chicken like squirted all over his jacket and oh, he was yeah. like this isn't the same kind of chicken I ordered like this isn't oh a chicken God. Kiev it's a chicken something else he will never <laughs> let that go we will hear about that in every book after this yeah which I thought was really funny and mm-hmm. also just a very pampery Quillerin type of <laughs> complaint uh-huh. to have. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in this conversation with the woman, he's like, oh yeah, how's the food? And she's like, oh, not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This uh, hotel chef, like, I tried to teach him some things, but he just can't cook. <laughs> no, right, yeah. And it's right, it sounds like she's in town perfect timing, like the food explos happening. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, so they make up, make these like really sweet plans where like, she's like, basically like, oh, like for your trouble, like I'll, anytime, like I'll make you anything. And he basically is like, I'll run out to the store right now. Like <laughs> he's like, creep. now? Food? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, he's so food motivated. He basically is a dog or like one of his cats. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I mean, she, she was the one who was like, oh, you know, you have some wild grape leaves here. Like, I can make these delicious wraps. You know, I don't like Mm -hmm. the canned stuff, so I can use your, you know, wild growing grape leaves. And he was like, yes. Yeah, he was (laughs) like, I'm leaving to go to the store right now. And so this is really it. This is kind of the climax, the denouement of this section is that he careens into town screams to the grocery store to get what he needs and while it's happening while he's shopping he everyone hears a giant explosion in downtown pickaxe mm-hmm. and so everyone goes running outside and it's the new pickaxe hotel has exploded yeah or at least one of the rooms has it doesn't seem like the mm. whole thing came down mm-hmm. but yeah like a, a very targeted explosion yeah, and they come. They do come out with a body bag, which Quillerin doesn't stay around, like stick around to really find out who it is. He turns on his radio and he then jets back to the cabin to try to tell Anoush about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, she's because the, staying there, I think from yeah, she was staying there, but I think also um, in their conversation, she had said something about like being given a room up front. And I think mm. it, that was, like, when Quillerin went by the hotel to see what was going on, he was like, wasn't Anoush staying in a room up front? Like, that explosion mm. happened in a room up front. Yeah. So I think he's kind of like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, gotta, gotta go back and tell her slash maybe warn her? We don't know. Yeah, he's running through all the possibilities in his head as he goes, and he's like, is like, oh my gosh, she could have been the target. Like, I have to confirm that she wasn't, like, the victim of this, um, Mm -hmm. potentially. But then he really quickly, because 
she careens the other way. And so he really quickly is like, forget that. She's definitely involved. Like he, he kind of turns quickly, but then it turns again as he like enters the cabin and is like, oh no, she was actually cooking. She just like heard it on the radio and yeah, yeah. Bolted. And then that's when he's like, oh, I think she was the victim because there was a, a number written on a piece of paper and he's like, oh, I kind of know this number. I think it's the airport. Yeah. So he calls the number and it's definitely the airport, the tiny Moose County airport. And he's like, did, did a woman just like hitch a ride on the, you know, whatever, 530 shuttle out of, out of pickaxe? And mm-hmm. uh, he was like, yeah. yeah. So... This poor woman definitely was, like, running from someone, something. Yeah. And, I mean, he, right, when he, I think his, right, initial reaction was, like, she tricked me. (laughs) Like, she just wanted me to leave so that she could get out. But, yeah, he went in and, like, everything was set up so that, like, she left her sun hat on, like, the, the chair outside and, like, all of her library books. I mean, it definitely looked like she was ready to cook and just kind of bolted yeah so yeah something's going on we don't we don't know we don't know what yeah anything at this point we don't know where she's going or if she's gonna come back Mm -hmm. yeah we hope she comes back because yeah again it would be nice to add some diversity to this town that has none (laughs) right yeah bring in a new uh new culture to town new food Mm mm-hmm and hopefully that, you know, she, the crime gets solved and she is not, in fact, um, in any immediate danger or, you know, the perpetrator of said acts. It definitely seems like they're pointing towards the fact that she's running from in someone. immediate danger. Yeah. Yeah. So we will find out next time on the next episode of The Cat Who Said Cheese. Yeah, we will. We will indeed. I think that's it. We're not missing anything? No, I think that was it. All right. We did it. We did it with only a couple of really irrelevant <laughs> 20 minute stories uh, under our under our belts. Mm-hmm. Only a couple, you know? It's it's hard to tell when those are going to just spew out and uh they did. Yeah. They just did well, this time. We had a lot of reminiscing to do because it's been a while since we've we've read yeah, these books. True. So, it took a it definitely was familiar territory, but it took a little bit of um, thinking and a little brain power to remember all of these storylines and keep them straight. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, yeah, it just feels feels good to be back in the Cat Who world. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. And we will see you in the next one. Yeah, we'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye.